Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me all the way from the land of the Red Dragon is the gold standard in ghost hunting, the most high, Stephen Parsons. Yo! You always do that, you know. It's getting old. All right. <laughs> Just saying. I believe you had an encounter with the tree. No, not me. My car did, but yeah. Bad luck. Eh, is what it is. No big deal. Just a little yeah, inconvenience. So welcome, yeah, you see, you bring it on yourself, messing about with spirits at red light seances. Yeah, whatever. Uh, anyway, we've got a pretty good show tonight because we have somebody from your side of the pond. Uh, we do. Yes. And, uh, well... Why don't you introduce him? I think that would probably be the best thing to do. Well, this is the gentleman who um, calls himself the Ghost Challenger. Ooh. So we're going to find out why. So welcome Richard Case, a.k.a. the Ghost Challenger. Well, good evening, Steve, and uh, good afternoon, Ron. And uh, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks uh, for joining us. And, and happy Thanksgiving as well. Yeah, let's pass. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's bad. It's, it's a done. One. We're done. It's a we're, on, one. we're on to Cincinnati, which is an American <laughs> thing. So uh, we're on to uh, Christmas. Let's, I guess that's the best way to do it. Yeah, so anyways, so Richard, you've been on the show before, haven't you? I've not been on the show before, no. Really? No. No, not yet, no. There's been several near, near misses, though. It has been. It has been. And uh, as Steve kind of started the show with it, the Ghost Challenger. Uh, yeah. So you want to give us, first of all, why don't you give us a little bit of if your background? Uh, I think that's probably the best way to start because, you know, some people on the side of the pond might not know you. Sure, sure. Um, well, I kind of um, started when I was very young um, with an interest in the paranormal and all kinds of uh, spooky goings on. And when I was a child, I kind of... Um, always had this feeling I didn't want to go to bed because I, I thought I could hear the voices in the other room and I knew it wasn't neighbours. Um, I remember staying at my, my uncle's house and seeing a lady combing her hair and saying to my great uncle, I don't want to go and sleep there. I seen this lady combing her hair and he said to me, well, don't worry, that's your, you're probably your great aunt. Um, so I always had an interest from a young age. And um, as I got older, I thought, right, I'll try out all the things. I mean, uh, I guess I grew up with the uh, magazine over here called The Unexplained, which I think Steve will remember, possibly. I do. I have all the copies. Yeah, so I kind of read that, and, and, and I read up about EVP, Electric Voice Phenomena, so I started to do a few experiments myself, and uh, way before all the TV shows come on uh, that are on now, and um, really got into it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how it kind of started. And then mm -hmm. I my background... I mean, I was a police officer in the UK, so, uh, um, and um, 
how that kind of got together with investigating ghosts is a good question, but um, I've always had a fascination, really. Hmm. And uh, as a police officer, did you run into uh, any instances that, you know, uh, uh, you know, I guess, you know, made you inquire more than you, what was obvious uh, in the case? Interestingly enough, um, I knew a few um, few officers that um, told me about um, a local crime um, area where the crime was committed, and they had driven along this lane and um, they had seen what they could only describe as a, a it looked like a, a, a woman appearing, and they said it was very uncanny, and uh, the other officers just laughed it off. So there was always the odd little story that we came up with, mm -hmm. um, and... Um, I was always a bit sceptical. I mean, that's how I started, really, as a sceptic, um, because I was brought up in a very religious family, in heavily indoctrinated with religion. Um, and um, I kind of thought, well, is this real? Is, is it, you know, people experience these things. Um, so I'll challenge it, and that's where the word challenge came in. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of how it came into. So do you consider yourself a medium? Is that what I'm getting no. from this? No, I don't. Um, I, I had the experience as a child, right. um, which I guess you could say some people would say sensitive to things. Um, and uh, meteorist, meteoristic is a good word, too, because yeah. it it's very much sounds like if you were seeing people uh, uh, that what fit into that category. The problem I've always had is I, I, I know of, I mean, later in life, you study it more in depth, and I know a lot about... Um, hallucinations and, and, and people going off to sleep and how they can hallucinate the brain can play tricks and also the waking hallucination. So I kind of almost put it down to, was that what happened when I was a child? Okay. So you're rationalized basically. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Steve, does that make uh, all sense to you? Of course it makes perfect sense to me. Um, although you, you, I'm sure I, I, I've no doubt that Richard will, will agree if I say, if I, if I added that the danger is you can always over rationalize. And I've seen that so many times with parapsychologists yeah. um, working alongside Kieran on many occasions. I, I did have to remind him more than once, more than a lot more than once um, that he completely overlooked any, uh, potential paranormal explanation in his desire to be rational. Sure. So I think we have to be completely open-minded to the possibility that the paranormal might, in fact, exist. I totally agree, and there's a lot of um, I think somebody called them, um, there's, there's people that are, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being sceptical, but there's, there's also an element of people that we call scoffers. That could be oh, you mean Haley? <laughs> uh, I didn't say the name, but... Uh... <laughs> Did I say it out loud? Oh, yeah, that came you up. usually do. <laughs> and uh, you know um it's brian cox there's another one that springs to mind definitely definitely I, th I think what's interesting as well i mean when you go i mean i said when i was on the radio recently um the, the guy rang up and said um you call yourself um experts in um chasing fairies a load of rubbish and i said i can understand where you're coming from but i said you've got to remember that people even like the royal family um, even presidents, even, you know, credible people have had experiences of some description. So, you know, there is something possibly in this. 
I love the I love the way he commits to that. There must be something possibly in this. (laughs) Four thousand plus years of human testimony to this experience called ghosts, and it would be complete folly to disregard it or to simply wave it aside as a and dismiss it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like a mountain. You know, when they said to uh, I think it was Chris Bonnet. Sir Edmund Hillary, well, why did you climb Everest? He said, because it was there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ghosts exist as a human experience. And for that reason, if no other, then they deserve to be explored and studied. Exactly. And, and that, that's what I, I totally agree with you on that. And, um, you know, that, that people say, well, I don't, you know, I, I, I've had a group of people. Do you believe in ghosts? And I don't believe in ghosts. Um, I say, well, actually, you know, they are real because people see something, you know. Um, what they're seeing or, or what their experiences uh, experiencing, then then we're still looking into that. But um, you know, there's definitely something something going on. Can't disagree with that. Now, people believe they see ghosts, no matter what you say. It's just uh, that's their beliefs. So uh, that was their experience. So I, you can't take that away from them as far as what they believe in. I guess you could try to say, well, you know, you rationalize and say this is this, or this was probably this, but uh, it, it's so easy to do that after the fact rather than uh, yeah. at the time it occurred. I mean, something quite, if I can just say this, um, something quite personal to me, mm-hmm. I go out investigating and I keep that that open, you know, rational mind that I, you know, I kind of look at things and and that, and um, but personally to me, I mean, I had an experience not long ago. My uh, stepfather sadly passed, and um, I missed him greatly. And um, he was he was an awkward bugger though. He didn't leave a will, so we had to sort everything out. Ah, lovely. And, and I remember saying openly, "Oh, great, Ken. Um, I got to, me and Sarah got to sort this out now. How are we gonna How are we gonna do it?" Suddenly, my iPhone was ringing the the local crematorium in England, Bristol. And I thought, why is it doing that? Is it Siri? I thought, no, I have, I have not got Siri on. That's not the last number. Um, I haven't called the crematorium. And then I thought, well, that would be the sort of joke that my stepfather would say. I don't know. You're going to have to call there now because that's where I am. And um, I couldn't explain it. And that was personal. So that was the personal experience mm-hmm. that I can tell people, like you're saying. But the thing is, people are they are going to say, well, you must have done this, must have done that, aren't they? You know? Right. So tell me a little bit more about the Ghost Challenger itself. I, I did a little bit of reading on the thing. Something about being alone with just a lantern. Uh, yeah. You want is, yeah, is, is this a TV show or a uh, – uh, what is it not, actually? Not yet, and probably thank goodness to that, <laughs> um, <laughs> as, as TV shows are going. Um, I, you know, I don't want to say any TV shows in general, but uh, you know, I, I think basically uh, I, I um, want to go back to the – I always look at the uh, Harry Price and, and the old uh, traditional going back in time. I want to be back to the very basics. And um, what I do with that is the Ghost Challenger, is, it cannot be taken as a, a serious measured investigation because um, I'm there on my own and people are watching me live on social media or through my website okay. and they're following me. So the armchair audience is kind of getting the chance to go there by, by watching me. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing's made up. I take the challenge, left in a building on my own, and say, "Okay, I'll, I'll just go in there, experience it, and and you tell me what you think when I'm in there and what you see, and I'll, you know, use the camera or the iPhone to to direct them round." 
So it's just going so, back to basics, really. So how do they, how do you, I guess, uh, portray yourself through the, what, do, how do you send this live? Do you send it through your iPhone? Do you send it through uh, a PC? Um, yeah, at the moment, I do it through my iPhone. Um, and So um, it's handheld? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, people have, I've had people say to me, nothing like on television. It's not very real. You know, you can't, the, the, the picture's not very good. And I say, well, you know, this is just <laughs> real, you know. Um, I don't have a camera crew with me. I'm on my own, you know. Um, and um, the day that happens um, would be the day that it goes away from, goes away from probably the, the reality of, of, of being there on your own and doing it that way. I'm glad you did prefix um, your description of the Ghost Challenger by saying that uh, being on your own, of course, is a poor investigation practice. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't have any independent verification of any. Well, he does. He doesn't because he has a. Well, he does and he doesn't. But yeah. Yeah. um, I I mean, it's something you know. I mean, even Harry Price when he when he was conducting investigations of Borley and and others like Mepham. Uh, insisted that you should never be alone. Yeah, right. I agree, Steve. I mean, what I will say is the ghost challenger is more of a tongue-in-cheek. Um, I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's made up or um, entertainment, um, but more of a kind of thing for the viewer to watch. And, um, you know, we all... I, I don't see the problem with those kind of things. No, but there's no. also Richard, the paranormal researcher, the serious researcher, mm-hmm that will then go in there. Um, I mean, I'm doing a place at the moment with a group of people and we're all doing it the, 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 the proper way, you know, we're doing it. Um, as, as it oh, no, I'm, a, I'm a great believer in, in trying to engage with an audience. I mean, it was something that Price himself was, was yeah. uh, condemned for, you know, he knew how to work the media because he needed them on side to promote his message of, uh, you know, trying to encourage academia to, to get involved. And so, Entertainment is a is a, good, a great leading tool um, for engaging with people and hopefully, you know, giving them a better message than perhaps Zach might. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I did was Pendle Hill, and um, you know, I went up there and everyone was expecting me to be um, surrounded Sick. by evil evil witches and and all sorts of things. And I interviewed a lady called Mary Sharrett, which um, wrote a very balanced book about how those poor women were persecuted and the real truth behind Pendle Hill, which is a little bit like um, Salem in, in, in the States. Um, Ron, you probably heard of Pendle Hill. Um, yes, I have, actually. That's and, the one where most haunted crew gets sicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, um, the, the, these, were, these were poor women that were, were persecuted, um, and um, suddenly the, everyone's going down the evil route. That, that, you know, that's something... Mm-hmm mysteriously evil about these people and you know <laughs> so I'm, yeah Sorry. i'm still i'm still uh stuck on this uh what you do live and 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 how it works exactly uh i mean so i'm gonna have to uh uh go and check check this out myself when you do a live one sometime but uh i assume you, you said you're not a medium or a sensitive so and you don't carry an equipment so I'm not sure what we're really seeing. Uh, you go in and you, you, do you know the history of the place, for instance? Do you yeah, stop? yeah, sorry. I do give the history. I, I interview the witnesses. Um, yeah. I mean, I do have a limited amount of equipment with me. I'll have a, 
a recorder and, and maybe do the temperature. I, I'm not a great fan of a lot of the equipment that's out there uh-huh. at the moment. Um, uh, and um, I, although I, you know, I use them when I, when I use, do the paranormal research. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was just to be a little bit different. It was just to, for someone to be on their own challenging, taking the challenge. People challenged me to do this on the building, say, look, you go there. Um, we challenge you to be in this place on your own, see what happens. They're hoping I'm going to suddenly, I don't know, see this um, apparition and, and, and be 100% convinced or something happened. And... Uh, uh, pull a run, dude, run. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. what yeah. they're really hoping for, Richard, is that you bolt for the exit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or scream. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's yeah. like why it's like why people watch um, NASCAR and and Formula One. What they're watching, waiting for, is the crash. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's intriguing. I, I definitely would be uh, interested in seeing this on on how you do it and everything because. Well, I'm going to be doing one on the fourth of December. Um, I can't give out where the location is too much in the moment because. We, we're not allowed to have anyone that I'm, I'm going to be left on my own. It's a well-known location and mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be there and um, give a bit of history to the place and um, raise some money for the place as well. You know, I go, I, you know, I'm, I know there's a lot of places out there making money and charging the, the earth, but um, I do a lot of the historical places and give them a little bit of uh, money for the, for the place as well. So that's always good. Give a bit of an awareness. Right. So uh, if someone wanted to see this, how could they do it? Yeah, what they would do is it would be on, um, at the moment, it's through YouTube and Twitter, and it's done on a live feed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can go from my website to get to that page, which is um, www.theghostchallenger.co.uk. Um, and they can see it through that. So that's, that's one way that, that, that they can watch it and, and see me live. Uh, obviously, I am limited with some locations. I have gone to locations where the... Um, if you're using an iPhone, you're limited. Things aren't always good, and I can't get a feedback. But people are notified about that. I've got people that will let them know, and then it's recorded. It has to be recorded then. Mm-hmm. But um, most of the time, it's all live then that way. Okay, that makes sense. Now, uh, we talked a little bit about your background and, and how you just first saw these things and everything. And uh, and you talked a little bit about your serious research as a, as a paranormal researcher. So what are your, I guess, what, what are your qualifications as a uh, paranormal researcher? I think, well, one of the things I'm doing is I'm actually um, studying through Kieran O'Keefe's um, School of Parapsychology at the moment. <coughs> um, I did hear a little uh, <laughs> uh, um, He always makes a lot of noise when we do the I show. Do. I don't know what it is. It's only when certain things are mentioned. Yeah. But having said that, um, as Steve well knows, I read a lot of, I mean, I, I, I study a lot of the, the peer, good peer-related um, information and all the latest um, information and, and self-study, really. Um, and one good book I do read, and Steve will hopefully smile at this one, is Ghostology, which I think is fantastic. Because um, <laughs> that gives me kind of, um, you know, a good, a good, good source of information. And, um, you know, so many people that say that they're qualified, they watch TV, they watch a certain show and they say, I'm a paranormal investigator. Um, it doesn't work like that. Um, you have to study. I mean, I study all sorts of things. I mean, history, folklore, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm studying constantly just to keep myself updated with everything. Mm-hmm. 
So um, do you have a team when you, when you do your, your serious paranormal researching? Yeah, I have a group of associates that go out with me and, and people that, that um, go with me to, to investigate. I've got a guy that will um, run all the cameras, the, the webcams, and, and have them go in recording and, you know, and, 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 and a proper team then, yeah. Um, I've more than, more recently been doing a lot of going around, I've been going around the world and um, collecting stories, um, doing a lot of research and stories. I'm very interested in how people view the paranormal all the way around the world. And I've been to the States, I've been, you know, to Hawaii, Samoa, Hong Kong. And collecting those stories has been fascinating because it's good to see different cultures and the way they, the way they, you know, they view, them. They view the paranormal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's intriguing too. <laughs> but I, I, I find that because I know we had, I remember. Sorry, I, had... was chuck, I was chuckling at something Ron wrote in the, um, in the Skype chat back and forth then. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, I know we had someone on the show from, uh, that talked about Asian spirits. You remember that one, Steve? I do. I remember it very well because there is a huge cultural difference. I mean, I, I know you, you and I both, Ron, have worked with Japanese television, and although they've modified their view in recent years, uh, when I first encountered them, um, they were very, very uh, jumpy, very nervous about being in a haunted building because their outlook, their their belief that ghosts in ghosts are relate more to our medieval um, belief yeah, um, yeah. in that these were things that are, you know, ghosts are going to be harming the living and that not things that you want to be delving with, uh, into. And yet they, this camera crew had come over to, uh, to follow this team of mad the Westerners, mad Englishmen uh, and women <laughs> who, who dared to go into haunted uh, buildings and look for these you know, creatures called ghosts. Um, and they were very, very jumpy. They were as jumpy as a box of frogs um, uh, on location. But in recent years, they have got a bit more... Uh, mellow. Perhaps a little bit more, yeah, mellow, Western in their approach. Because the other, the other, th the other great uh, uh, sea change that took place uh, within Japanese culture followed the tsunami um, and the, the earthquake. Yeah. Uh, because in along the area of devastation, people started to see spirits and ghosts um, and apparitions, and started to report them. And then now, um, you know, there are several uh, Japanese academics who are, who have looked into this, and of course the Japanese media has picked up on it uh, too. And they they now also of course get, they have. They also get programs like Ghost Adventures. Um, and I'm guessing they're becoming, you know, slightly more Western in their outlook, that this is something that's worth exploring. Their, their curiosity is overcoming their, their superstition and fear. Yeah, yeah. It is very interesting. I mean, when, I, when I've been to, um, um, I, I went to Oman, um, you know, in Jordan. And yeah, that's I funny. There. I was just going to talk to you about the Arab world. I was wondering yeah. what their beliefs were. Yeah. And, and, and the jinn is, is, is something they, 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 you know, very much believe in, um, you know, and... Um, it's um, they say that's the answer to to why we see these spirits. Um, and, um, you know, that's the answer, Richard. Yeah, yeah, that that'll definitely, definitely. <laughs> it's very much so after a long night out investigating. <laughs> never before. No, never before. 
So what cultures or uh, stories do you, did you find uh, most surprising? I don't think I found any of them surprising. I mean, you know, I went to Vietnam. There was the ancestor worship. Um, there was uh, basically um, Samoa, America Samoa, um, a Polynesian belief in, um, I think they call it the, the Atu, which is what they call a spirit. That was quite intriguing. I went into a little village there, and I, I met this, um, this, this girl there, villager, and um, I, I said about the, the Atu, and, and straight away it came over, we don't talk about that sort of thing because we're Roman Catholic. You know, the, the, the Western religion had already got there. Um, they had already been um, westernized with, with that belief, and it was wrong to talk about anything that, that could be devilish or evil. And then this girl called me over and said, um, can I have a quiet word? She said, they don't like talking about it. She said, but I saw the, the, the Atu, the, the spirit. Um, it was a woman, and I was in my, you know, my, my, in my village, and, and she appeared in front of me. So, um, so I think it is a surprise when you go to these places now to see how much mainstream religion has overtaken what their um, original, you know, beliefs were. And yet mainstream religion, particularly Catholicism, uh, does, you know, does support this idea of good versus evil and yeah. gods and demons. And uh, the history of the Society for Psychical Research and the Ghost Club is littered with men of the cloth. Yeah. Um, as as avid researchers, in fact, the the Church of England maintained its own psychical research society for a number of years. Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, when you come to, I mean, I I was brought up in a very um, very religious and um, but more of a, a kind of um, well, if I if I tell you the religion, it was it was a Salvation Army. My my stepfather was mm -hmm. a member of that. Uh -huh. Very Methodist, very kind of, and their, their attitude to it was completely "don't touch it." It's um, it's devil stuff. It's you know, and my my half brothers and sisters. I mean, they they will just not have a enter in conversation about what I do. So, right. so it's very strange. Yeah, it's uh, you know, as, as Steve mentioned, you know, the the Roman Catholic Church has been dealing with this for you know thousands of years, actually, when you think about it, and. Uh, so uh, although they kind of, you know, shy away from a lot of things, in, in reality, they don't because they, they deal with it on their own uh, level. Yeah. I've always found the, the Catholics much more open uh, than the Anglicans to discussions around the subject of the paranormal. I have as well. Often the Anglicans will be the one who will tell you, you know, oh, we don't have any ghosts in our churchyard or yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, whereas you get talking to a priest and they're much more open. Um, I mean, you do get individual differences, but... Oh, yeah, definitely. I th I've, I've always found the Roman Catholic priests to be much more amenable than, yeah, than the Anglicans. Yeah. But we're up on a break. So uh, it's time to uh, we've got to sell the show now by by um, having advertising. And if it's at ten B one, I'm going to scream. It is. Oh God! Still, yeah, it's the way it happens, you know. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parson and Ron Colick, and our special guest today is the uh, Ghost Challenger Richard Case, right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. We'll be right back.
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Hi, Steve Parsons here looking for sea monsters in Tenby, West Wales. And I'll be over in New England looking for your sea monsters this coming fall. Join me, Ron Kolek, and a host of others at Spirit Quest 2018. We'll see you there. and spooky. They all talk gobbly gooky. The Parrax family. The shows are paranormal. Not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal. The Parrax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parrax family. International, uh, with a trailer that is now so out of date, it's got a preservation order slapped on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a classic. Not a classic. It's just neat. classic. Yeah. I am. Anyway. And plus, plus, it irritates you, so I love it even more. <laughs> it was good. You won't be getting one for next year now. Yeah. Anyway, our guest tonight is Richard Case, aka the Ghost Challenger, and your usual hosts, New England's own Van Helsing, the Gold Standard. Mm. There you go. There you go. We're back. We're back. So, uh, how... seriously, can't we get rid of that trailer? Can we just shoot? So. We just yeah, shoot. I think you should keep it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah. think so too. Yeah, it's become a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, English Heritage, you're going to put a preservation order on. Yeah, it. no, you already said that. You know, you're repeating yeah, yeah, yeah. yourself. That's a sign of old age, you know. I didn't say I wasn't an old age pensioner. Yeah, pensioner. Not as old as you. No, well, no one's as old as Anyway, uh, we've got a guest tonight, so we can't trade insults as usual. For sure we can. We always do. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so, uh, Richard, you've invested. How many of these uh, ghost challenges have you done? I Well, I been doing it now since um probably about 2007 I really? think so yeah i've been doing various places i've done um kelton hatch they put me on clevedon pier which um was a, more of a publicity thing with clevedon pier if i'm honest with you in, in near england they they had a what well, they saw a fisherman they had a photograph and um it found out when i was on there that it was actually a fisherman that they a living fisherman they took the picture of and there wasn't one. <laughs> so uh, that was quite quite amusing. But they wanted me to kind of uh, keep the spookiness going. I said, no, nah, this is uh, obviously so we can get more uh, more guests for uh, people yeah. here. That's why um, I always carry a stick in my uh, ghost hunting kit because, you know, you poke them with a stick to make sure they're alive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, so quite a few of these. And um, I mean, what is been the most unique experience that occurred uh during one of these ghost challenges there's a funny story um i i mean, there always is but um i um i was at a i mean i can't name the location because um 
I, I do the location privately and uh, raise a lot of money for the uh, mm-hmm. for the church conservation trust. So um, his history is, um, and um, I I was there one evening and. But this this wasn't on my own. This the reason this is interesting. I had a woman with me, and she said, "Well, that sounds terrible." Then <laughs> I think my You're wife is listening in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I know that Richard well. <laughs> there was a lady investigator with me, and she kept saying, "I'm getting the name Mary," and she never, ever, ever came up with names or, or you know, never said things. And I said, "Well, that's unusual for you. You don't normally." Um, and I said, oh, no, I don't know what that's about. And we, we were having a seance. And suddenly we had this voice um, out in, in the graveyard in the middle of the night. And, and I looked out and there appeared to be this old man carrying this, what looked like a painting in a graveyard. Please tell me his name wasn't Dick. No. <laughs> and this is, this is where it's so strange and funny. I mean, um, I have to pinch myself to think, was it real or a, or a sender? And I said, you know, who's and he said, I, I, I'm out here looking at, looking at the graves. And I went out, and the, what I knew was we uh, there was a lo- local house where um, I'll put this politely people are mentally challenged stayed, and we used to use the place for the toilet. So I assumed that he had come from there. So I walked him back, and as I walked him back, I said, um, What's that painting you're carrying? He said, Oh, it's the Virgin Mary. And then I suddenly thought, Well, uh-huh. it's a little bit strange after that woman said, I get the name Mary. Right. Took him back to the house, and normally the, the lady comes and says, Come, do you want to use? And she said, Do you want to use the toilets? And I said to the girl, the woman I was with, sorry, I said, Do you notice that guy just went straight up the stairs in that house? And she hardly acknowledged him. I, have we just seen a ghost? <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I, I did go back and managed to get the girl on duty that, that, that saw me to, to clarify it all. Um, but that was unusual, strange, and almost unbelievable, really. Actually, pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that location, uh, so you went outside too, so you're not like confined to one like house or anything? No, this, this was um, this this was a, uh, a it was a church um, in, a, in an area, and there's a house near it. So I, I, I had the area around there that I was looking at, and um, oh. there's, there's, you know, and and most of the time, though, when I'm doing my um, ghost challenge, I'm, I'm confined to sort of one area. Um, um, I mean, when I did Kelton Hatch, um, that's a big place. I mean, Steve may be able to help me on this one because I took the challenge and went into Kelton Hatch, and I don't mm-hmm. think there's really any any stories of anything really occurring there that could be paranormal. I don't know what you uh, know. No, I've spent, I've spent time there. Um, and no, yeah. there are plenty, there are plenty of anecdotal accounts. Um, yeah. but there was never anything in the history. Um, you know, there was, there was nothing, um, other than contemporary accounts after the building was released by the government. Kelvin Hatch was one of these nuclear bunkers, uh, designed to be, the, the seat of the local government throughout the UK um, in time of nuclear crisis, nuclear war. And then they were sold off to um, private enterprise, uh, most of them. Hmm. Um, but there was nothing. And then, of course, because it was an underground nuclear facility and other, one or two others, um, there was one up in Cheshire, um, started doing ghost tours. Kelvin Hatch did too. And it was, and of course, the television arrived and then the ghost hunting groups arrived and it became increasingly bizarre um, yeah. and demonic. 
or murderous. I think there was a. I think I think the most recent account I've read is of a murder that took place there, one that was hushed up and swept under the carpet. Of course, it was. Yeah, the usual the usual kind of um, stories. I mean, I, I've done the hotels where they said the nuns buried in the wall, and you go to an, you go to another hotel somewhere up the country, and there's another nun buried in that wall. Yeah, they well, carry them all over the place. Well, we yeah. put kings under car park, so... Yeah, yeah exactly. Why not nuns? <laughs> well, like, well in, actual, in actual fact, um, there is a, there's a local uh, former church. It's now used as a commercial prop, uh, premises uh, out here in West Wales, and they legitimately do have a female buried in the walls. Uh, yeah. Which they only discovered during reworking of the, of the building. So um, they left it there? Yeah, they put it back. What? Well, it was a, you know, she was obviously buried there or interred there. So uh, after the remodeling, they respectfully put her back. You think they don't call like the local authorities? And I mean, that would if you. Well, yeah, happened, I mean, uh, that no, happened in the United just, States. That would be like you know no, local it was, authorities. It was, it's not the first. I mean, there are there are other examples throughout the UK of uh, interments into the walls of churches and under the floor. So the fact that you know they they think, uh, came across one, um, they're they're not common, but they're not unknown and they're not uncommon, and uh, we have one out here. It wasn't a nun though, that much is certain. I think it was um, then though, wasn't it? Very common to bury inside the church and then move. Oh move outside. yeah, I mean if you were a person of status <clears throat> or, or or you know within the church or or locally then you would want to be interred or buried within the church itself or as close to the church as possible. And in some instances, that, you know, when the, when the crypt underneath was full, they stuck them in the walls. Oh, there you go. Well, there's, there's a place I've done, Spaxton Church, um, near Somerset, and it was the abode of love. And it was a John Spy Piggott that had um, what it was. He, he started a, almost a cult of, of, of women that he um, called the abode of love and said that he was going to come back as the Messiah and they buried him upright, and um, he's he's in, he's in the ground of this church, and he's buried upright because he says, "I'm going to rise again, and I'm I'm here. You know, I will come back that way and bury me upright." But he's not yet come back, so. Um, ah. I mean, we've a good we've, idea. We've buried him on horseback as well. Uh, there's a guy out in uh, Yorkshire, uh, one of the battlefields. There's uh, a knight who is buried atop his horse. Yeah. Yeah, we we we've put a few in the we've put a few. I mean, isn't the one in North America, Rob, where he's buried in his car? Oh yeah, there's a few of those. Actually, a yeah. couple of those. Yeah, but, we're not uh, unique in strange burials in in Britain. No, it's but I'm more intrigued by this abode of love. That's something I should uh, look into. <laughs> it does sound good. <laughs> a man of your age of years, Ron. It's, you know, it's not good for your heart. Yeah. Hey, we are going to die or something. <laughs> But anyways, so uh, yeah. Can't okay. die of wishful thinking, Ron. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> hey, just remember, I went to the doctors the other day, and they had to get a bigger blood pressure cuff. Yeah, These... that was because they were trying to put it around your neck. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, back to Richard. <laughs> So, uh, Richard, do you do people set you these challenges, or, or how do they come about? The, um, that 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 has happened. Uh, what it is, other groups that do um, events. Um, sometimes I'll say to them, obviously, um, I will. Uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, kind of thing. And I'll say to them what I do, and they'll say, well, we challenge you to do this location on your own. We we've done it for a while. 
we think he'll be. Uh, and there's a, there's a um, paranormal intelligence gathering service called Pigs, made up of police officers, hence the word pig. Um, <laughs> and uh, Tim, Tim is the guy there that has um, challenged me to do um, various places, and I've gone there and, 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 and taken the challenge. So, yes, yes, people do do challenge me. Oh, that's cool. I've, yeah. Um, yeah, I was just thinking it was when Richard was talking before about being locked alone in, in haunted properties. I, I've had those same challenges down the years. I, I, I'd almost forgotten about them. And uh, I only ever did. I only ever did too, because I mean, these, this was in the days pre-internet. It was, it was simply a, well, you know, you think you're brave enough, go and spend the night in there. Yeah. Uh, one of them was the ancient ram. And uh, I, the only thing that happened whilst I was there is I got into terrible trouble off the owner because I fell. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's sadly gone now, but he yeah, came blasting into the into the bishop's bedroom at two o'clock in the morning, shouting and yelling at me because I'd fell asleep on the bed, uh, and you weren't supposed to be on the bed because the bishop, whose room it was, was supposed to get very angry and attack you if you did. Um, the only person that, that came in that night was the owner, who, who was uh, most most irate that I'd nodded off. How dare bless. you nod off? Yeah, God bless John. I mean, he was he was a character. I mean, I had a similar thing. I was in that bishop's room, and I, I sat on the bed, and I remember him because he used to he used to <laughs> knock on the door, didn't he, with the with this huge, well, it was kind of yeah. like a bishop's staff or something, and right. the door used to open, and uh, and. Um, yeah, and he'd come in, and, and, and that would be... And John could be quite foreboding sometimes, so... It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it, yeah, it was, it was quite a surprise when he woke me up, because oh, I was having a lovely sleep. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the problem. You know, I, I've spent time in hundreds of haunted hotels, and I always try and get the haunted bedroom. And I'm always, I, you know, always have a slightly disappointed when I wake up in the morning. Um, yeah. That nothing's happened. Not like me. Sorry. Like me. Well, you've had something happen. Of course, yes. Well, to, of my, course. to my first of course. book. Of course, it has. In my first book, uh, we're not worthy, Chronicles. Richard. We're just not worthy. Or oh, we no, sleep too no, heavily. No, no, no. We're, no, you just we're oblivious. in the presence of greatness here. I think you're oblivious. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> oblivious to what's going around. Maybe we're just crap ghost hunters. <laughs> Maybe you're just crap ghost hunters. I wasn't going to say it, but well, since you did, <laughs> no, the uh, what happened to me is uh, we stayed at the Concord Colonial Inn, which you know very well, Steve. I did. And and I, my wife and I stayed in uh, haunted room twenty-four. We did a the radio show from it, and then uh, everybody left, and my wife and I uh, went to bed, and I had two VHS cameras running and. In the middle of the night, the, the bed started shaking and, and rattling, and, and it's like, ah, oh, this is so cool. I know I got to run film. I got to run film. And yeah, so I checked the film the next morning, and of course, it had run out before then. But it happened. <laughs> I swear. There but, you go. That's Pictures the thing. Or it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> That that's the thing. If you don't have proof, it didn't happen. Well, the thing is, nowadays, the, one of the problems that I'm sure Richard faces as well um, with with using you know, the the eye devices uh, is that photography it used to be considered to be evidential because you had the negative and blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah. Now 
it's one of the one of the investigative tools that has been lost to reasonable investigators because there are so, literally within ten seconds of of taking a picture, you can put a ghost onto that picture or even video. Very much so, Very and much it's got so. to the point now where you know, no uh, serious researcher will give any credibility, however. Uh, well taken or, or um, experienced or, or above reproach the investigator is to something taken on an, an eye device or similar because there is you know there is this huge question mark now hanging over uh, these devices you know as, the a, as, as a tool it's been it's effectively been lost and the other thing is pareidolia isn't it I mean looking at objects and people seeing oh, things um, I mean, that's when we go back to orbs and um, on my thoughts on orbs, I think, is, is the same as Steve. You know, um, there are, uh, yeah, yeah, orbs, a load of balls. Um, you get, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, that, that article you did. Um, and, and I get, still get them now. People send me, yep. send me, which is yep. clearly dust or clearly, you know, and, but they'll say, look at the eyes, look at the nose, look at the yep. mouth, you know, smiling away. Um, yeah. I mean, I did one, it, it's a bit naughty of me, I did one where I flicked a lampshade, and um, I don't know, I got a little bit naughty on this, I got a bit tired of it, so I, I showed this guy, and I said, look, what do you think? And he said, I think that may be your uncle, and it may be your, and, and I, I thought, well, no, that's dust off my lampshade, but, you know, there, there we are, so. One of the most depressing. When, when well, I, wait a minute, your uncle could have been hiding in a lampshade. He could have been. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, one of the most depressing for me was when that research was published. Um, and there were people who who, who criticised it um, or didn't oh, believe really? in it. And uh, I remember getting an email saying that, yeah, I, I, a great article, I'm very interesting. Uh, but if you look at the fifteenth picture, uh, yeah. you can see a face in the orb. Yeah. Like, oh, Isn't it what Harry Price <laughs> said about people believe prefer the bunk to the debunk? They do. Uh, they absolutely you know? do. And, yeah. you know, you, you, I, I've long since, you know, you go along on an investigation and there's always somebody who will thrust a, 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 a smartphone no, or, yeah. or a camera in, into yeah. your face and say, go on, expert, you explain that. Well, you know what you, you, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a cul-de-sac. You, you are, as Ron said, you're screwed because if you tell them, oh, that's dust or an insect or a normal camera phenomena, uh, they're going to argue. Um, yeah. And if you, if you, t you can't offer them an explanation. So it's, I found the simplest thing is just a nod and say, yep, that's an orb. And yep. they go away happy and you don't have to explain anything. You I don't have like to say, oh, that's orb. so interesting. No, yeah. I never say interesting. Oh, I, I like say it. it's an orb. Interesting. Oh, that's so I, I do. I, I do what you do, Ron. I do say that's interesting. I, you know, yeah. um, I, I say that to my team members when they say something. Um, Steve and I actually have... We, we, we found ourselves doing that a lot of times, so we now uh, have degrees of it. So <laughs> that's the only way we can tell if it's really interesting or not. <laughs> so we, we'd say, well, what's some of the stuff we say, Steve? It's, yeah, it's uh, interesting. That's, yeah, that's, no, that's really That means that's blocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's that's... It's really difficult, though. I mean, it, it, it underscores the difficulty in trying to offer an explanation. I mean, we saw this during Spirit Quest because I was working with uh, Jeff Belanger, and he'd brought along the SLS camera that they use on Ghost Adventures. And this wasn't, a, you know, this was the actual one that's used on Ghost Adventures. 
And while we were doing demonstrations... That's right. And while we were doing demonstrations with the camera, I was showing people how you can make Stickman appear on this camera. Yeah. And we were getting Stickman to appear to order um, with the SLS camera. And uh, we were giving it to these people and showing them, you know, move your arm this way and line it up with the, you know, this, that and the other in the room, this this corner feature. And, and they could make Stickman appear. And they went away. And then later on, I heard a couple of them muttering to one another, saying, oh, it was really good, that camera. But, of course, it's not like when Zach uses it, because that, that, you get real spirits. So I mean, true. You, you just, do get, yeah. Just give me a brick wall, and I'll just <laughs> spend the evening. I had one of them come up to me and says, said, Steve, you know, I don't care what Steve said. Uh, <laughs> you can really see that thing. And, and it, it worked on demand. You know, that spirit was really attuned to me. It's like, yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when Kieran and I did uh, see you want to be a ghost hunter, we would we would spend a long time explaining to people that the equipment is there to help them. It isn't there to find ghosts. And uh, we were up in Edinburgh one one time at Mary King's Close, and we'd done the whole of the see you want to be a ghost hunter study day. And uh, in fact, the, this this particular couple had been on the previous one as well. Yeah, and then halfway through, uh, they go off and do some some mentored investigating, and then they came running back excitedly saying, "We've got something, uh, something happening. We've got something happening." Um, we went down to have a look to see what they were doing, and they'd set up. It was a hard drive camcorder uh, on a tripod, and they'd noticed that on the back of it uh, there was a red flashing light, which was telling them when the hard drive is being accessed and writing to the hard drive. But they were talking to the red flashing hard drive access light <laughs> and communicating with and it. And it spoke back? Uh, it, I, I, it flickered when they, you know, said, can you... And, of course, it was it was flickering on and off. As just it was, randomly, wow. yeah. I've come, I've come across the very same thing. I've come across <laughs> the, the same thing with the red flashing light and people saying, well, that's amazing, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's communicating to me now. <laughs> yeah. And you think you've just done, you know, 48 hours... Uh, sorry, 24 hours of... Yeah, uh, you know, Kieran and I talking to you, giving you rational, uh, telling you to rationally consider all of the possibilities, and notice the letters H D D next to the light it might give you a clue as to what it's what it's really doing. I think there's different kinds of audiences that we have in there. There's the ones that are the thrill seekers, the the ones that want to be a bit more serious about it and, and, and learn properly. They're very hard to find. Um, you know, it's, it's just different different types of there was also a, yeah there was also a group of people who come along just to say they've been along as a form of accreditation oh right absolutely yeah yeah you know well i've i've been on um you know on, on the, i've done this course and that makes me better yeah. than everybody else I, what i always found is it was the the sensitives those who were mediumistic or set or claimed mediumistic abilities who were much more they got much more out of uh, ghostology or uh, so you want to be a ghost hunter the forerunner of ghostology because they were much more open-minded yeah uh, the the hardened investigators were the hardest to uh, work with and to to get them to change their stance because you know they may have been doing it for 10 years or five years or 20 years and their method was the the method that they had developed and nothing was going to change it yeah very true. They were very, very difficult to work with um, and didn't get as much out of the course as 
you know the those who were uh, you know the psychics are sensitives who were nope. seeing something in a completely different light well as you know i i, I mean i i a paid member now of the Society of Psycho Research, and I've got those booklets that you've done, Steve, and I've given them out to people that I take out and say, read these guidance notes and look at them. And, uh, oh, God, there'll be no living with them now. Oh, well, then, yeah, that's it. I'm, uh... <laughs> anyway, the ones that irritate me the most is that someone will go on a public ghost hunt with you, and next thing they know, they, they've worked with you before. Uh, when you've met him again. Yeah, don't you remember I worked with you before on that investigation? It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that's, a, that's a big scary thing, that, because you only, you know, they've only got to remember you, but you've got to remember. Oh, I can never remember it. You know that. No, I remember I, no one. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to hopefully, <laughs> you, know, I re, you know, try and, say, try and um, muddle your way through to, to the, to like if somebody tells you who they are, or, or you know, your memory gets jogged into it. It's just as bad at conferences as well, because, like you, Ron, I am terrible for names, although I have a vague, vague, vague recollection for faces sometimes. And one of the things that you find going to conferences is you, um, you always end up staring at the name badge or looking for the name badge or the tag that they're wearing. Um, and you've got to be very, very careful nowadays with the female attendees at conferences you know, where they've pinned the badge because your eye gaze can be mistaken sometimes. You have to explain, no, I'm not looking at your... <laughs> I'm just trying to find out who the hell you are. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, especially nowadays. Yeah, it's first uh, world problem. <laughs> oh, I, I have to tell you a funny story. Speaking about that, we, we did that red light seance uh, thing uh, Richard, you don't know this, but uh, I've been doing uh, red light seances for four years as part of a sure. yeah. study study thing I'm doing. And anyways, we did one, and uh, it was all women, of course, and I was sitting there and on the table, and uh, the woman next to me says, uh, oh, I feel something touching my thigh. And I said, it ain't me. My hands are on the table. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful. You got to <laughs> make sure. Well, I, I mean, I can tell you a quick one if, I, if I've got time. Um, you don't. There, you don't. Yeah, there, there was a guy that, in my team, and he had one of these um, key rings that made, um, obviously, uh, should we say sex noises? And um, he put <laughs> it um, he put it on the thing, and I, I had these um, elderly ghost hunters, they come along, these ladies are a little bit hard of hearing, and um, I'm talking to them, talking about the event, saying this place is very haunted, and he put his bag on this uh, key ring, and suddenly you're getting the noises coming in there, going, <laughs> what's that? I can hear it already, and I'm sort of, the, no, no, trust me, that's... That's not ghostly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, so have you ever uh, witnessed anything during these challenges that you would deem as paranormal other than the Mary thing? I mean, something yeah. that you. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 um, I. Save by the bell. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, I've had things that have happened that have um, basically um, I can just about say, well, it could be this, could be that. Um, I've looked and um, I corner of the eye seeing a figure go by looking around. Was that figure? You know, it's still something that I can just about explain. So I'm yet to wait for that real concrete, you know, thing to happen. Mm hmm. Oh, that's that's good. So, anyways, we unfortunately have run out of uh, time. Uh, is there anything you'd like to? Uh, can, where can people reach you if they want to? You know, learn yep. more about you. 
Yeah, the website indeed challenge you. Very yeah. true. The website, if they contact me on that, www.theghostchallenger.co.uk, and um, all the links are on there. Okay, and uh, we wish you luck in this uh, new one you have coming up on December 4th. Thanks, guys. And uh, we want to thank you so much for uh, joining us. Uh, we've been listening to Ghost Chronicles on uh, Tojanet and Parax Radio. Our guest has been Richard Case. And uh, I can't believe you haven't been on the show before. I really, I swore that you were, but I guess not. Oh, Must have been another, <laughs> another life, another life, I think. So, uh, anything else you want to add, Parsons? No, no, I'm not, I'm I'm off to uh, the big city uh, later in the week to the SPR to uh, sort out stuff. Are um, you doing your book launch? Well, it's a council meeting, and then the book launch is hopefully following in December. Oh, excellent. Okay, so there you go. But evidently, uh, it's it's. Although everybody's bought a copy now, so. Just about everybody has one, so. Well, no, it still hasn't got. It still hasn't made it onto Amazon.com, but it will be doing before Christmas. Oh, really? Okay. Anyway, all right, Richard. Anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye to you? No, that's it. Thank, thank you so much for having me. And uh, all right, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, so Richard. Thank, thank you, Richard, and have a merry Christmas. And you. Bye bye. Yeah. I'm not going to say Merry Christmas in November. Bad luck. Till then. <laughs> To, well, I will. Merry Christmas. So anyways, I got my tree up. We got to go. Next time. Good night. God bless. Good night. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good Lord.